Aloha, everybody, and welcome to another installment of the Pod Squad. Chan Blair with Honolulu Civil Beat. We've been taking our time this summer because it's summer, but today we have a timely topic uh, given a recent case in the Hawaii Supreme Court. Rather, that's the U.S. Supreme Court. Let me correct that right away. And to join us is um, Kathy Fung. She is the National Redistricting Director for Common Cause, National Common Cause, correct? Nice to meet you. Hi, Kathy. And then Sandy Ma is the newly appointed Executive Director for Common Cause Hawaii. Welcome, Sandy. Thank you for having us. Aloha, Chad. So uh, Common Cause is the lead plaintiff. The appellee is the term that is used. In Rucho versus Common Cause, it challenges partisan gerrymandering. And there was actually a decision this week from the high court in Washington. We're going to get to that in just a second. But first, uh, both uh, Kathy and Sandy, give us just a quick prep on what Common Cause is. Well, Common Cause was created in the 1970s. Uh, We're almost 50 years old. And the way I like to think about it is that in a time that's very similar to what we're experiencing right now, around the Nixon years. Hmm. Um, America was really going through a time where we were asking, who does the government belong to? Who does it answer to? How do we hold power accountable? And how do regular people uh, who don't have access to high-paid lobbyists and law firms, how do we have a voice in government? And that was about the time that Common Cause was formed, really to respond to that need, to say that we the people, regular, ordinary Americans, should have a voice in Washington, D.C., and also in state capitals around the country, so that we can make sure that our government's responsive to us, it's accountable, that we create elections that are fair and, and free, and that different parts of how government functions, whether that's redistricting or how we count people in census, what the voting rules are, how our media is supported to be as robust as possible, all those things that make our democracy work, that we're supporting those as much as possible. And when there are threats to them, that we really unite as a people to say, no, we're going to try to stop those efforts to suppress the vote or to take away the power of the media or to rig redistricting. Okay. Okay. Those questions and those needs as relevant today as they were. 15 oh my years goodness! Ago. That, what that's what's crazy is that I was not uh, born during that time, but um, to hear it told, um, really some of the questions that people had, it was a real crisis of confidence in our government, and I feel like that's really what we're experiencing right now. And so many people are coming out of the woodwork to say, you know what, those things that you know they seem like they're the pipes behind mm. the the inner workings of your house that you don't really want to look at sometimes, but right now the sewer system is pretty clogged and it's time for us to look at those pipes. Okay. And uh, Sandy, congratulations. You've been in the the gig for Hawaii Common Cause for, what, a couple of months now? Oh, no. Just a little bit less than a month. (laughs) She's fresh. Yes. I'm already thinking that you're a veteran somehow. Well, thank thank you for that. (laughs) And the the local um, purpose for Common Cause, obviously very similar to the national purpose, but if we could localize that a bit. Uh, Definitely. uh, We are, like Kathy said, an organization that makes sure that the local government is responsive to the people's needs and not special interest needs. So we represent the people at the legislature and throughout the different levers of state government and the city and county governments too. And so we really want to make sure that the government is responsible to the people because it's a government by the people and for the people and not uh, representing the special interests. And so we lobby on behalf of the people, make sure that the people is attuned 
attuned to the interests and needs of the people. Nonprofit, nonpartisan in the case of both organizations. Yep. And and uh, Sandy, by the way, congratulations. Even though you might not have been as directly involved since you didn't come on board until after the legislature was was finished the session. I believe you were at the signing ceremony for the all-mail-in voting bill. Is that correct? Did that's, you... that's correct. Uh, uh, the board members and other partners of Common Cause Hawaii were at the bill signing session this last Tuesday, this With past Governor Tuesday. Ige. Yes. And that's now going to go into effect, all-mail-in voting, essentially absentee balloting by 2020, next election. Yes, the primary election it will go into effect by the 2020 primary election, all-mail-in votes. Big change. Uh, automatic recount as well is another thing. That yes, passed, so. yes. For, uh, close, okay. for close elections. For close elections, exactly. There's a margin that has to um, kick in. Um, Kathy, let's now shift to the national scene and specifically what happened in Washington yesterday. Why Supreme Court, is it just yesterday? That yeah, it was just down? yesterday. It's so fresh. Uh, Rucho versus Common Cause. First, tell us briefly about, <laughs> uh, very briefly, what uh, the lawsuit entailed. I already alluded to it, partisan yeah. gerrymandering, and then what the court decided. Well, the case comes out of North Carolina because the legislature was ordered by the court to redraw the lines. They had been found to be guilty of racial gerrymandering. Um, that is that they were hyperpacking African Americans into as few districts as possible and then essentially evenly spreading out Republicans so that they could have as many districts as possible. And in a state like North Carolina where they vote pretty much 50-50 between Democrats and Republicans, the result of that kind of gerrymandering was that they were able to secure uh, 10 of the 13 congressional seats for Republicans and three for Democrats. So you can see how that kind of manipulation resulted in a skew. It's disproportionate to the actual uh, makeup, of, makeup. The, of the people. Exactly. Right? exactly. So you end up getting more Republicans in office, even though there might, in fact, be an equal number of Democrats That's right. that could have conceivably That's been right. elected. Okay. That's right. And so... What the legislature was doing was, okay, we've got to redraw the lines. This time, what we're going to say is we're not going to look at race at all, even though they did. What we're going to do is draw lines purely based on party. And they said in open hearings as well as in uh, deposition that the only thing that was motivating them was to draw the lines for partisan advantage. And they said it again and again. They even passed a law that said that. And so our question to the Supreme Court was, and to the lower court, was if a legislature admits in open hearing and passes a law that solidifies that the thing that they're trying to do is to draw lines for partisan advantage for one side over the other, and um, they acknowledge that they are skewing the lines in a way that will hurt some voters and help others, is there any constitutional protection for those voters. Because when you think about it, you know, every voter goes to the ballot thinking that they have a choice in who they're going to elect. But if the districts have been drawn in such a way that the skew is already built in and essentially you don't have a choice because somebody's already essentially the designated winner of that election, then it defies what we think of as being a free and fair election. I mean, isn't this a constitutional right, something that's fundamental to our democracy? You would think that is the case. I mean, what we said was that on a number of different grounds, 14th Amendment, that you should treat people equally, right? First Amendment, because people have the right to freedom of expression and speech. And when you vote, that's a form of speech. And so if that is curtailed, because essentially the game is rigged, um, that those ought to be two reasons, um, plus others, including the Elections Clause, that 
forbid the government, in this case of North Carolina legislature, from gerrymandering those districts. Rigging the system. Rigging the system. So um, in a, the lower court, there was a three-judge panel coming out of North Carolina that said, yeah, this is a serious problem. And three in a 300-page opinion said, for all these reasons, this partisan gerrymandering is unconstitutional. We went all the way up to the Supreme Court, and unfortunately yesterday, the Supreme Court said, you know what, this is a serious problem. We recognize that partisan gerrymandering has to be solved, but it's not our job. And Sandy, I'm going to ask you to chime in, but let me go ahead and just read uh, to you uh, what Chief Justice John Roberts Jr. wrote for the majority. And by the way, it was a 5-4 to four decision. 5-4. The, the classic even though this particular court's been, you know, there's no new Anthony Kennedy, although it turns out it's probably John Roberts. But in this case, it was clearly all five of the most conservative justices against the four liberal. Um, and let me just read what Roberts uh, decided. And this is being uh, more or less paraphrased. Judges, the chief justice said, are not entitled to second guess lawmakers' judgments. And here's a quote. We conclude that partisan gerrymandering claims present political questions beyond the reach of the federal courts, end quote. Essentially saying this is not our kuleana. That's a word we use here mm. in Hawaii, <laughs> Kathy, meaning not our responsibility. Yeah. Kathy, do you want to, or Sandy, do you want to chime in here on this? Uh, well, that's a, a bitter disappointment for Common Cause as we brought that case. And we disagree that it's not the court's kuleana when it affects uh, our democracy and our constitutional rights. We think they were just a... Uh, uh, wrong in deciding that it is. Uh, it's built into our constitution. It's built into our um, bill of rights, and uh, we can't uh, read their minds. We can't read their hearts as to why they decided that way. Okay. But it's it. Our Hawaii constitution has redistricting provisions, and uh, um, it does provide that uh, uh, we are not supposed to favor one party against another. But uh, um, yeah. in Hawaii. Uh, we essentially have a one-party system. And I'm actually going to bring that up in a second. Yeah. But, uh, but let's get back just to one or two other questions about the federal decision here. So it's a political decision, the court is saying, not a, a legislative question that the federal court should decide. You so, could say it was a political decision by the Supreme Court oh, as well. Because yeah. the, all five <laughs> the way the re- they voted, yes. The Republican appointees beat the Democratic appointees. They sure did. Okay. And, of course, two of those uh, President Trump's appointees, yeah. right? Where do we go from here? Does this... Is there any recourse uh, for future accusations of gerrymandering, either at the state level, congressional level? Is there a ballot initiative that could change this? So let me say that what was before the Supreme Court were two different cases. Our case came out of North Carolina where the wrongdoers were Republicans. There was a companion case that came out of Maryland where it was Democrats who were doing the wrongdoing. And they used phrases like "we're going to bury those Democrat, uh, those Republicans." What did the Democrats six feet try under. and do? Just real they, quickly. They they basically squeezed a Republican out of their district and drew this crazy district that stretched from the suburbs of Washington D.C. to the edge, the northwestern edge of uh, Maryland, which is essentially bordering on West Virginia and Ohio, and feels much more like rural farmlands. And that all of that was just so that they could knock one of the Republican congressional members out. And what we were hoping was to go to the Supreme Court and say, hey, this is not a Republican issue and it's not a Democratic issue. This is an issue of putting people back in the position of power. But unfortunately, the Supreme Court decided to punt on it. Um, and But I will say that at the very end of the decision, the good news is that the Supreme Court did say, we're not foreclosing that there may be solutions that can be found at the state level. And so in those states that have an initiative process, 
like in California, like Ohio, Colorado, Michigan. Not us, by the way. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> right, I didn't Sandy. say Hawaii. You're right. No but issue. maybe, yeah, you know, maybe you can create an initiative process. But, but in states where there's an initiative process that uh, they can adopt – uh, a, a cleaner process that involves putting communities first and more transparent. So we have in many of those states a community, uh, a citizens redistricting commission uh, that really honors the testimony that comes from the community. I think you were involved in the one in I, California I was. setting that up. Yeah, right. And uh, we went head to head with with Democrats who didn't love the idea of giving up that power. But in other states where they don't have an initiative we can engage in litigation or passing legislation. And so, you know, you do see states like Hawaii that have adopted some type of a commission process, though though it's still politically appointed, and some rules to just restrain, to say you can't go that far. And uh, in other places where there's litigation that's possible, if your constitution or your state statutes have what are called free and fair election clauses, or like Hawaii that says that you've got to make sure that the lines do not favor one party or another, that there's a possibility that if they do, if they cross that line, that you can sue them. And so we are we see that uh, in North Carolina, we're bringing just such a case. And in Pennsylvania, the congressional lines were redrawn under the state constitution successfully. And it didn't have to go up to the Supreme Court for approval. It was something that was decided by the okay. state court. If, if memory serves, if my history is correct, wasn't Maryland the original state for gerrymandering? Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I mean, that's like way back in you know the late uh, 18th century. But I just it seems to me it was certainly one of the, those first 13 those first colonies. 13 colonies uh, <laughs> in the 1800s, and it certainly was the case that um, gerrymandering is essentially a power play. Right. by one side over the other. And, and so as you said, it can it's be as either old as, side. Yeah, it's a, as either side. I think in that in those days, there was no such thing as Democrats and Republicans. It was Whigs and something else. But uh, you Tories, know, Tories maybe. maybe, yeah. <laughs> but the long story short, you know, it goes back to kind of human nature to want to take control of that power and hold on to it for a decade. And the main push is that within the U.S., we say, no, we're going to put some some bounds on that, that, that you can't have unbridled power because otherwise we would have kings and queens. Mm, and that's mm. not, we're not not a monarchy. Maybe it wasn't Tories. Maybe it was a Federalist against uh, states' rights. <laughs> I think that sounds about right. <laughs> By the way, uh, Justice um, Elena Kagan, a, a Obama appointee, uh, in her dissent, uh, she said essentially this decision, American democracy will suffer, th- suffer thanks to the court's ruling. Sandy, want to react to that? That's pretty harsh well, in a dissenting opinion. I mean, that's uh, that's what we fear, common cause fears, that... Uh, that democracy will suffer, and that's why we brought the case. And and we will, as an organization, continue to fight gerrymandering at the state level uh, through the political process, through educating our membership and everyone else that we have to end political gerrymandering. And so, yes, uh, we fear she is correct. Okay. Uh, by the way, I don't know, did you follow the Hawaii reapportionment back in 2012, based on the 2010 census at all, did, did you happen to remember what happened in Hawaii? And if you don't, that's okay, because I do, and this is my plug. Tell us. <laughs> uh, well, there, there was some litigation around that. There were some uh, complaints. Yes, there was some complaints about it being political, and there was some complaints about, uh, there was a Supreme Court case filed about uh, counting um, non-residents, uh, students, and military. Mark Takai, the, the late lawmaker, actually brought that case, and that... That was something that the court ended up 
rejecting that argument, I think. And we do not include the military and students. In right. Our, but he thought that they should. Right. Well, that's uh, that that's language in our state constitution that only residents uh, could be I counted. See. Yes, that's in our state constitution. And Kathy, you'll get a kick out of this because even though we're heavily dominated by Democrats, maybe even more so than California, yeah. um, there were actually several Republicans on the reapportionment commission. And even though there was some complaint about gerrymandering, essentially things really didn't change. The only thing that did change was. I think Oahu lost a Senate seat and the Big Island, a state Senate seat, gained one just because of population differences and so forth. But essentially, they've stayed fairly consistent, our districts here, when it comes to reapportionment and gerrymandering and redistricting. <laughs> yes. I, I think our language in our state constitution is, is fairly strong, like our districts have to be contiguous. And, right. And so it, it's it's nice language there. The yeah. rules are pretty good, though I will say that the fact that the commission is essentially appointed by the majority and minority leaders of your um, your legislature. elected re- legislature, yeah. right? I guess it's the um, assembly in California. Yeah, that's right. Um, the challenge is that um, it assumes that you've got sort of an equal number of Democrats and Republicans, and it doesn't have any representation for people who might not be registered with either of those two parties. Mm. And I understand that in Hawaii, there's a very large Green Party movement. Libertarians. Libertarians, but also people who just choose not to register with either of those parties and they stay unaffiliated. In fact, you don't have to register with a party to vote here, right, Right, Sandy? I think so, yes. So the the challenge is that, you know, when you do redistricting, you really (laughs) want to make sure that the way you're drawing lines represents not just the powers, you know, of the past, but but sort of the direction that voters are moving in. And one of the biggest um, reasons for pushing for citizen redistricting um, is that citizens don't have a self-interest in holding on to power because they're not drawing lines for themselves to run in or for their favorite, you know, their favorite politician. And so they are really listening to the testimony of people and to the extent that people are moving, you know, from uh, more people, for instance, on the Big Island or people are registering in different ways that are not just in the usual, say, Democratic-Republican uh, split, that you can start to reflect what those changes are because a citizen's redistricting commission can be impartial. Hmm. So it's something to think about. Okay. Okay. Did we get everything covered? Or is there any points that we're missing? It sounds like it was pretty broad. Yeah, really good. Sandy, any final point? Uh, no. I mean, uh, there was that census decision that was a good decision for us on the um, citizenship question. Right. But I think uh, I think we covered a lot. I think it's good. It's Let's good call concept. it a wrap. What do you okay. think? Yeah, that's really good. So Sandy Ma, Executive Director uh, with Common Cause Hawaii, on board for just about a month right yes. now. Welcome to the scene. And I know that you have a background that's uh, been involved in quite a lot of things. And then Kathy Fung, National Redistricting Director for Common Cause. And then what do I got to say? Oh, I'm Chad Blair. <laughs> and you can visit us at civilbeat.org and follow us on Twitter and Facebook uh, for Civil Beat, uh, for the Pod Squad. Take care and aloha. Mm-hmm.